everybody, this is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. Uh, as we were discussing, I don't remember ever seeing this episode, uh, and I wonder why that might be. Maybe. Maybe you saw it, Matt, and your brain just wanted to save you. Uh, oh, it's distinctly possible. Or or I watched it, and then my mind started to wander because it was so boring, and uh, I picked up right at the end. And like, oh, the episode's over. Huh. Oh, okay. Was, uh, yeah. well, I, I quote-unquote watched it. Um, hi, guys. We are Roddy by Sports on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, for $2 a month, you can gain access to all of our bonus podcasts, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of back uh, matter uh, catalog that you can listen to. Go Jonesin for Robbie and Matt Fix. It's there. Uh, appreciate everyone who supports us. This week's episode is Revenge the Dish, best served three times. Episode JBF05, originally aired January 28th, 2007, written by Joel H. Cohen. Directed by Michael Polcino, received a 4.7 rating with 8 million viewers. The couch gag, all the Simpsons are infants who crawl to the couch while Twinkle Twinkle Little Star plays in the background. When they reach the couch, everyone grows up to the normal ages, except for Maggie, who is, of course, already a baby. So creepy. Creepy? Is that what you think, Matt? Very creepy. Yes. You ever seen Starman, Matt? Is that a movie? It is a movie. Okay. I, would, I wasn't sure if you were referring to the DC superhero. Uh, no, I've never seen the movie Starman. Okay, there's a, a scene in Starman that is reminiscent. I mean, I have seen Deadpool with the baby legs. That was creepy, but also funny. This is just creepy. <laughs> the Starman scene is also sort of creepy, but it's intended to be sort of creepy in other otherworldly. See, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Starman's great. You should watch Starman. Everyone out there listening should go watch Starman. John Carpenter film, not a horror movie. Very actually like, affecting drama. Uh, John Carpenter could do it all. This this week's episode is uh, starts begins with the Simpsons in a car driving uh, apparently to the airport is what we learn we don't know this yet we learn that later not on that matters it does not matter you are correct man this is a uh, an anthology episode three separate stories all following a theme of revenge of vengeance um. You might ask, why did they choose Vengeance? And I would say, I don't know. <laughs> no one knows anything about this. I don't know if the, they could have told you why they chose Vengeance. Uh, <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a reason for it to be Vengeance-themed, but they sure did choose it. Um, we get some jokes here about satellite radio, Matt. And, uh, yeah, very timely. And we get basically the whole setup for what this episode's going to be. Ah, uh, nothing beats taking a family drive with our new satellite radio. Which of the 25 easy listening stations should we listen to? I say cool waves. Neon breeze. Chill thunder, chill thunder. <laughs> You're all idiots. I'm putting it on chill thunder light. Oh, now that's smooth. <laughs> Seatbelt-wearing cowards! Hey! Nobody cuts me off! Oh, no! Revenge never solves anything! Then what's America doing in Iraq? Well, let me tell you a story about a time revenge brought only unhappiness and misery. It happened many years ago in Paris. Texas? No! France! Oh, so we know this is going to be a, a, a trilogy episode now. Uh, it has been revealed to us. 
what the theme is, however, we have no clue. Yeah, what is this episode about? I would here, presumably, Matt, it's about teaching Homer that vengeance is bad. The problem is, Matt, what Homer is doing in pursuing the rich Jackson, I would not categorize as revenge. No, that's more like a vendetta. Vendetta. Um, I wouldn't even call it that. Like, it's road rage. Okay. You're angry and you it's about anger. I would pr- primarily categorize Homer's thing as anger. Um, like immediate, right? Immediate anger and immediate rage. And that's certainly like you could certainly do an episode about Homer and his spontaneous, incredible rage and how they've written him without that way since, mm-hmm. you know, season. I mean, they were dipping that in the golden years, too. So who knows? But you do about that. But when I think about vengeance, when I think about revenge, and we're about to get a Count of Monte Cristo uh, story. Have you ever read Count of Monte Cristo? I have not. Holds up. It's a classic. Holds up. I think Count of Monte Cristo is still a great book. Um, Alexandre Dumas uh, is a great writer. Um, but that it's a story about, and they reference it in in this episode so i don't know why like i feel like they should understand it but kind of monte cristo is a story about like simmering revenge and about like spending years of devoting like uh, of, of a man who's lost everything but then devoting even more of his life to t- try and reclaim something reclaim what was lost we're not even and but then realizing i'm not actually reclaiming what is lost all i'm doing is trying to hurt someone for how they hurt me you know and like i feel like you could set that up and make you know have the theme be about vengeance versus justice what's the difference and what line divides those two things etc etc that's not they don't they're not they don't care about that man um no no not at all but you feel like it it would you want to set up a lecture you know all the the three other family members telling Homer about vengeance and be like, well, something that happened to Homer years ago. And then he runs into that person again. And now he's like, Oh, I have my chance. And now it's the family trying to talk him out of it. And then he doesn't do it or whatever, you know? Um, but instead it's just, Oh, the rich Texan, like what cuts him off in traffic or something. Like he just, he barely, like he just yells at them one time. We need a Homer. And it just goes on and on. We get a counter Monte Cristo, or as this one's called, you get, hey, Matt, you ready for this? Oh, yeah. The Count of Monte Fatso. Ah, ah. You get it? So hilarious. It's because Homer's fat. Um, that's why they call it that. So Homer, we're in France. We're in the 19th century France, and uh, Homer and Marge and the kids are happy, and they have a great life, but Mo, we see, is jealous of Homer. And so he sets him up uh, to get arrested. I hate that Homer jerk with his beautiful wife and loving family when all I got is this doorway. Well, enjoy your sensual tongue play while you can, because I got a plan to take everything you got. (laughs) 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 Monsieur Simpson? You're under arrest for treason. Treason? But I love France. The way all our words are either a girl or a guy. Oh, that's the best. Tell it to Le Baton. 
<laughs> I don't want the kids to see me this way. Don't worry. They're still drunk from school. Isn't it hilarious how in France the kids get drunk at school? I'm going to hear Matt. I'll say this. I'll say this. In the defense of this episode, I did laugh at it a couple times. Okay? And they're uh-huh. in one... One of the times is at Lisa say twa twa. <laughs> I don't know why. I think it's just the delivery. It got me. Uh, I think that's the only reason. I don't think it's like inherently that funny, but I do think that the delivery saves it. Um. So I I laughed here. I la- both times were in this in this first story. Um. But Homer gets arrested. We get a brief court scene. It does not matter. Homer is sentenced to life in prison. Um. And then we get Homer going to prison. And this is the other scene I laughed at. I shouldn't be here. I was framed. Oh, you think you got problems? The man in the iron mask over there is the rightful king of France. Hey, wait, did you guys hear that? He just admitted it. Guys? Oh, man, this place is so unfair. Are you going to torture me? We can't tell you. Not knowing is the worst torture of all. Well, that and a rat helmet. <laughs> Now, get some sleep. You've got a 9 a.m. rat helmet. Oh, 9 a.m. I laughed at rat helmet. I thought rat helmet was funny. I thought, mm-hmm. that got me. I'm not going to lie. I And I think, in general, in the, in the broader scope of this episode, this first segment is the strongest one, and I don't think it's particularly close. No. I, I can't say it is. It gets the most time. They clearly spend the most time on it. It it certainly feels like it. it feels like that it's a set piece of this whole thing. The other two kind of feel like cast off, forgotten stuff. They even mention that in the episode again. Guys, please don't lampshade your own jokes. Um, but Homer's in prison. But Robbie, how else will you? They know they're funny. I wonder. Did they have that conversation, Matt? Did they go like, "We need to save this, so let's make fun of it"? I think that feel. I uh-huh. feel like that's a genuine conversation they had in the writers' room. So, uh, Mo has has framed Homer for treason. Homer is in prison for life. Uh, he's getting tortured. Um, we, he finds out that Mo has married Marge, and he's upset and angry, and he wants to get revenge. Um, we find out that Burns is Homer's cellmate and has a plan to get out. Perhaps I may be of help. <gasps> Where did you come from? I'm your cellmate. You never noticed me because, frankly, you're extremely self-centered. Oh, sorry, I wasn't listening. I was checking out my reflection in this yellow water. Ho, 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 looking good. Young man, I have the answer to your problems. (gasps) I spent 30 years digging this tunnel, but now I can't use it. I'm simply too old. And decrepit. But you can escape and use this map to retrieve my buried treasure. With it, you can have your revenge. Ooh, da da! But why are you helping me? Well, because before my wretched life comes to a close, I want to know that I had one friend. Also, because while you slept, I violated you repeatedly. So this map leads to a treasure, huh? Oh, isn't sleep violation funny, Robbie? I think sexual assault is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I'm not. This is not me. Like I, that was Mr. Simpson's are speaking, not Robbie. I just want to make that clear. Yes. Um, because that's the, the only conclusion I can draw. Like that is the punchline. The punchline is 
Mr. Birds raped Homer while he was asleep. Isn't that funny? No. <laughs> no not at all, guys. What are you doing? Uh, it's not even the worst joke in this episode, though. Joke. I, sorry. Quote, unquote, joke. I'll say it like that when I mean <laughs> it. Joke. Um, things, things the writers intended for us to laugh at. Uh, that's what I, that's what I mean when I say joke, but it is not really a joke. Um, jokes are funny. Um, Homer escapes. He 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 crosses their tunnel, falls in the water, falls directly into another cage underwater. Like there's this bit where he falls into a cage underwater, escapes through that, uh. and and manages to claw, swim back up into a tunnel that merges directly into the same cell. And they repeat that like three times, and I don't know what is happening. Um, eventually, I guess. I, it's fine. It's a fine, Matt. That's the thing. It's fine, but uh, it's not. It's not that funny to me. I, whatever. It's fine. It's. I'll say this. It looks nice. Like it. It looks great. The animation of Homer falling into the water and swimming into this shipwreck and swimming back up and there's like it's well. It like it. It looks nice on screen. It doesn't think it add much to this overall story. I guess it adds trying trying to co- conquer like capture like an overall like kind of adventure feel which is what the Count of Monte Cristo kind of is it feels like very much like a it's like an adventure novel in a lot of ways at some time at some points in the novel um but Homer escapes and this is this is directly kind of kind of a, a pace with the story the novel is he escapes finds the treasure uses that money to become royalty become nobility comes the Count of Monte Cristo um and the Count of Monte Cristo was a relatively long book, relatively long story. They kind of just go, let's just cut out everything. Uh, except for, like, the big story beats in the beginning, middle, and end. That's basically all that we see. You don't see, like, and it's a thing that I feel like this would be better if they just took the entire episode and made it Mount Count of Monte Cristo. It sure would. That would be a great way to teach Homer that revenge is not worth it. But, no. No, instead, they, we all we do is just cut to basically the the end of the story, which is where we see the Count of Monte Cristo establish his account. Uh, he's throwing a party uh, in disguise and invites both Mo and Marge to get revenge on Mo. Um, and this happens immediately. Like we see the party, we see everyone here, and then Mo then revenge just right away. He puts Mo in this homemade revenge machine, which is a chair. That he straps him into, which eventually puts him through this like clockwork thing that dumps him into a giant frying pan and makes him a, a crepe a crepe Suzette. Like crepe Suzette, what's mm-hmm. hap- what's happening, man? <laughs> I think I remember a pinky in the brain episode that ended like that too. <laughs> okay. Is that what they're drawing upon? Are they are they stealing from, from Pinky? Uh, maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um but Mo is burnt alive in a gigantic crepe Suzette, and then we get effectively the end of this segment of the episode where we reveal that no, Marge is now angry and hates Homer. Homer? Yes, my love. You killed my husband! No! Papa Mo, Papa Mo! You guys liked him? We were together for five years. Now, who's going to take care of the triplets? <laughs> but Marge, 
I did it all for you. For me, huh? What took you so long? It takes time to make a revenge machine this awesome. Plus, in the middle, I had to take revenge on some of my contractors. You spent so much time plotting your revenge, you lost everything that really mattered. Come on, kids. So you see, Homer, revenge only leads to misery. Weren't you listening? I just told you a whole story about revenge. Oh, right. Revenge! Right, right, right. So it's it's time to to revenge again. Okay. And I in like the context of this episode, Matt, you know, having Homer just like, oh, I ignoring the story and like listen, doing some gibberish over reggae music. You're like, okay. I guess that makes sense, but unfortunately, it never le- again. It just never leads anywhere. Uh, we go to commercial at nine minutes and twenty six seconds, and when we come back, we come to a very, very short uh, revenge story about why revenge is bad. Uh, Lisa is going to tell this one uh, because uh, Homer still wants revenge, so now we need another story to see why it's bad. Uh, it's basically about uh, bullies and nerds at Springfield Elementary. Uh, we start off with the nerds being hogtied and used as shuffleboard tokens, discs, whatever you call them. Uh, Skinner is also used this way, uh, so he can't help them. So the nerds decide they have to get back any way they possibly can. I'm not hearing that. All right. Behold, the get back Inator. We're going to beat those bullies with a glove? This is far more than a mere glove. This is the turning point in the eternal battle of Brain v. Brawn. All it requires is a small amount of coordination. I can handle the glove. I took juggling at camp. So, yes, uh, that's basically the idea behind this, is that the nerds have created a device to get back at the bullies. Uh, and Milhouse is the only one who has enough coordination to do it because no nerd has ever been coordinated at anything. Apparently, that's the message we're getting here at the beginning. <sighs> Matt, I can't. There is. I want to like dissect this and rip it apart. There's just nothing here. There's nothing to there this. Isn't it's so boring and stupid. It's so simple and like you could tell the story in a lot more interesting ways. But it it feels like it feels like someone had a list of like what are some child like schoolyard bully tactics like oh purple nurple and and a wedgie and, and like they had a list of that stuff I'm like oh let's use that in a bit like that's all i can think of like what else is there and like and yeah. I, I think the only thing i could actually like question is okay the first one is a real novel that ostensibly marge read or watched the movie version of and then use it to tell Homer about the story. And the final one is Batman, but Bartman. And so it's a story, you know, Bart watched Batman and he's trying to use that to tell Homer. What is this? Like, Lisa calls it Revenge of the Geeks. And I was really worried we were going to get a Revenge of the Nerds reference. Oh, the Nerds. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. I was like, oh, no. But at least it's not that. But what? It, where did she just make this up? Is that what's happening? I guess. And and to be fair, like the invention that that uh, Martin makes up is effectively is magic. <laughs> well, of course. So it's just it feels very like weird. Like, what is this? like 
what is this? Where is, why is this here? And, uh, oh boy. It's okay, Robbie. We'll get there. We'll get I know, there. I know. It'll all make sense shortly. No, it won't. Don't lie to me. No, it won't. I know. Okay, okay. So, uh, with their new ultra power glove, uh, Millhouse stands up to the bullies uh, that are lured uh, to him by uh, Martin, and uh, who taunts them by saying that they're touching each other's butts. Uh, uh, and apparently, all this glove does is do bully things to the bullies telekinetically. Uh, there is a, a purple nurple, a wedgie, and uh, I forget what the other one is. But wet, basically, wet, he just wet willy. Like they have those things. Yeah, it's wet. There's Indian uh, burns. Which, Indian burns. Thank you, Simpsons a, writers. A noogie. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's. I think they call it an ultimate noogie because that's the thing that chops off uh, Willie's head. But whatever. That's all it is. And yeah. like you're like I know. So I, okay. Yes. Okay. All right. Moving along. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, it's done. The bullies are beaten up. Millhouse is the new king of the school. He has protected the nerds. Uh, until, as these things are wont to do, and this is why we don't have good dictators, we just have dictators, uh, Millhouse, it's too much power. Millhouse, thanks to you, the nerds can breathe easy. Except the ones with asthma, which is all of them. But still, it's great. Yep, having a weapon at school has really made things awesome. Oh! <laughs> Pardon my birdie! I misjudged the prevailing whims! You embarrassed me in front of Lisa! Millhouse, <laughs> what's gotten into you? Over the years, a lot of people have hurt me. Good thing I kept this list! <laughs> no, no, you've already got your revenge! So, yes, uh, Milhouse goes too far because he's let the power go to his head. Uh, he begins to get prevenge on people who haven't even hurt him. Willie gets an atomic uh, noogie that pops his head off and then is forced to clean it up himself. Uh, that's, like, Milhouse, like, and, and there's a there's a bit in this where Lisa, like, where Skinner walks by and says, "Willie, clean that up." And Willie's head starts licking up the blood in an attempt to clean it. Is this, this is not reality, right? So, but aren't they supposed to be real stories of revenge or they just could be anything? Does it not matter? <sighs> I guess it doesn't matter. I don't know. Really. I, I, just... I mean, I mean, to the writers, obviously it doesn't matter. I'm just trying to find some sort of internal consistency here because there is none. And it just, this just feels like, I think they reference this later in the third act. This feels like a Trails of Horror reject. This feels like a... a, a it kind of does, yeah. It feels like a segment that could have been in a Trails of Horror if they developed it a little bit more. And they went, eh, we'll throw it in there. It's five minutes long. There's nothing else we can do with it. Let's use it. It's terrible. Let's, let's use it. Ugh. Yeah. So, uh, don't worry. It's almost over. Uh, Millhouse wants Lisa to be his queen. Uh, she very politely declines. Uh, Millhouse goes to hurt Lisa, but can't do it because... Uh, he loves Lisa, no matter what. So he throws down the gauntlet, and it's picked up by Nelson, uh, who everyone forgot about because he had the mumps. So now Nelson is in control of the ultimate power in the playground, and that's where we end. That's it. That's the whole thing. I know, like, and yeah, revenge is bad. It's like or, not even five minutes. Yeah, and but I think the end, like all that Homer learns, and then we cut back to the car, and Homer's there. He's like, Homer learns, Jed, don't let go of your weapon. Or something to that extent, yeah. like don't always carry your weapon. That's so he, he brandishes his bat, which is what he's 
I, and uh, can we? I just want to say this. Like, obviously, it doesn't really matter in the context of the upside, but Rich Jackson has two revolvers, Homer. Yeah. What are you going to do with a baseball bat? What, are you going to block the bullets? No. Uh, Homer's actually a Jedi, obviously. Oh, okay. He's going to bounce it back, um, deflect the bullets backwards. Uh, we go we go the direct. Come back from commercial. It's uh, 14 minutes and 18 seconds. So, still a little bit more time with the third act after that really short second one. Um, we learn we we begin the act learning the family has missed their flight to Hawaii, so they were going to the airport to fly to Hawaii. Um, no pretext of this being actually a a, a conflict with the family. You know, there's no. Nope. It's, it's a frame story. It's all yeah. It like they don't care about it at all. Um, and I guess that's okay. I don't even know if I should care anymore. <laughs> uh, Bart's story is Bartman Begins, which is obviously referencing Batman Begins. Um, and this is Bart trying to convince Homer in his way. And Homer is even, Homer even tells Bart, he's like, you're not a smart, you're not one of the smart ones. You don't get to tell a story, which is, that's real, that's real mean, Homer. This is your son. Maybe mm-hmm. don't say things like that. Um, but I, I can, I can appreciate like that idea of like, oh, well, Bart would draw upon the fiction he knows of revenge and try and use that to, to change his dad's mind. And that's Batman, or Bartman in this case. And we see, and stop me if you've heard of this one before, or if you've seen this before, but you remember, you know Batman has an origin story? Uh-huh. Where he has, like, his parents got killed by a crime. Right. You have, you never, yeah, I'm sure you haven't seen that on film 45 times, Matt, probably, right? Never seen it on film, never read it in hundreds of comics, hundreds of books. Over never. and over and over and over again about how... Uh, crime alley and batman's parents uh they do it again in this this is a very weird it's weird to me because this is just a weird assembly of different time periods and different like different references to batman because it starts out like it's the 40s or the 30s even like the original comic book batman or or like the way that the 89 batman or uh, the animated series did where it like it used uh kind of the look and feel of that time period without actually setting it in that time period it was effectively modern day but it looked kind of like the 40s they used a lot of art deco they used a lot of old architecture to try and set a time period but this is clearly looks it looks like old batman early batman Mm-hmm. And we see Snake kill Marge and Homer again. And then and we see Abe training Bart to fight crime. Um, and this is like even says going to do it um, in an old timey way. And we see like medicine balls and like him like exercising with like uh, bowling pins or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you call those things, but it's like old timey. You know, like, is this set in the 30s? If it's in the thirties, it's not old timey. It's just that well, I mean like I don't know, Matt. I mean old timey like the thirties or forties, not meaning the modern day. It's not set in modern day. Obviously not. No, it's definitely not, because there are Zeppelins and you know, the uh, movies are a weird thing. Yes, exactly. So you're like, oh, it's old and older, period. But then we get a kind of a montage of we see Bart training and then Bart basically claiming this title of Bartman, he's ripped all of a sudden. He's a little ripped guy. He's a little creepy. And we get a montage of like a newscast of Bart doing stuff as a hero. 
tonight, the Springfield. I mean, Gotham Underworld is trembling while solid citizen sleeps snug as a bug. Why? Because Bartman is knocking down bad guys like Howard Hughes knocks up young starlets. Bad guys like the Toker. <coughs> the Diddler. Oh. Mr. Mole. Oh. Sugar and Spice. Oh. And Poison Lenny. Oh. Uh, no snake tattoo. When will I find the man who murdered my parents? When? Attention, Bartman. This is the serpent saying fangs a lot, forgetting rid of the competition. More stuff for me to steal. Ha ha. No villain is safe from me, serpent. I'm not a villain. I'm a transvestite. Explain that to your maker. Ah! I'll take it from here, Bartman. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, like, I wow. I saw that. Like, no, there's, there's no way they just did that. What wow. the fuck? Why? What? Are you doing? I want to repeat this episode here in 2007. Woo boy. Woo boy. Okay, guys. Yeah, back off of maybe a smidge from. Wow. Woo boy. Okay. Um, so that's obviously terrible. Also, who are these villains? I assume they're supposed to be send ups of Batman villains. Like, oh, they're wacky and whatnot. And but... just what would fit in the Springfield theme, but they're just awful but it's the but it's batman 66 man this is batman 66 stuff like you know sugar and spice is patty and selma and like they're like like looks like like snm gear like it's really and like the toker like uh with which is auto obviously like it's just like is this supposed to still be olden days like because i guess tech like batman like it's so strange like, it doesn't feel like it belongs anywhere. And Bartman Begins is a movie that came out, you know, that time period. It was modern day and was set in the modern day. So it, it feels very much like, okay, so this is, it feels like, this feels like Dick Tracy more than did, like, even Batman 89. But it's also send up a Batman 66. It's like a lot of weird influences here. Doesn't matter. Still has really terrible offensive jokes. So he's looking for Snake. And I guess Bart is a complete idiot. Because he doesn't see this criminal that sounds exactly the same that is the serpent. Okay. Um, Snake tries, as the serpent, Snake tries to rob uh, some jewels from a jewelry, uh, uh, from a museum, which I get, this is also so Batman 66. And we get uh, Bart, as Bartman, coming to stop him and finally gets his revenge. You! You're the man who killed my parents. Ooh. I did it. I finally got my revenge. But it didn't bring your parents back. Tell me, big boy, was it really worth it? Well, I do feel a little better. Plus, I got zillions of dollars and no parents to tell me what to do. Bartman, don't you want to join us? Don't talk to me when I'm vibrating. So you see, revenge is great. And there's three ways to talk about it. Although two of the ways were kind of the same way, and even the third one might have worked better as a Halloween story. <laughs> That's okay, boy. The two of us got to talking. Yeah, turns out we have a lot in common. We're both from Connecticut. Look at all them stars. 
How many do you think there are? Two. What the? Two? You think there are two? A lot never... How could... Why do you think it is that mankind is so inclined towards hating one another? I don't know. Let's just lay here till we figure it out. So, Matt, what's this episode about? I don't know. It's so dumb. Like, I want to go back and not have watched this. Yeah, there's not really any, like, so they could, like, it. Feel, this is like, you can easily see it in your head, right? Where each of, Homer wants to do something about revenge in this case, and each of the stories is a way to, is trying to work on him to try and get him to stop. And by the end of the story, Homer realizes he's, they may have made an impact and we get a little subversion about what he was trying to do about how he was getting revenge and then a little fable here a little a little uh, a little moral to the story and another a little subversion that takes off the little uh, the edge a simpsons classic you have a little cynical bite there right at the end just take the edge off the sweetness but the stories don't matter Homer doesn't care ever he doesn't care uh the reason he wants revenge in the first place is just like road rage it's not really meaningful it's not like long-held grudge which is what i think about when i think of revenge i think long lasting feud and grudge and that's what you know that's what count of monte cristo is that's what this that's what batman is you know when crime alley and his parents getting killed like it's something that carries him through his entire life and the struggle of trying to fight crime like it's you know, it's like, you, and you could, and I would think that the end would be more of a moral about, uh, I don't know, about how it's not always so easy. It's not always cut and dry because sometimes, like, you know, the line about justice and vengeance and where is he, where do you draw it? And people certainly deserve to pay for their crimes, but sometimes it's just inevitable and will destroy you from the inside and something, something, Matt. But instead, you just get Something. this bit about Connecticut, and you're like, oh, that's a George W. Bush joke. That's what that is. Yep. That was, oh, I get it. George W. Bush joke. But also, like, they don't say anything. It's just uh, Rich Texan is the one guy. Rich, the Rich Texan is the guy delivering the moral of the story. And you're like, I don't think I got anything out of this. No, because this is just, uh, the, the, they take the opportunity to tell some stories about revenge in a very poor way that isn't interesting or funny or worthwhile at all um we will rank it at the end of the show robbie is this episode broken no you were right the first time with that quick fix idea let's see quick fix quick fix Ah. i think so i mean i don't know if this episode is broken as much as they needed to come up with an idea that makes sense before they made an episode about it like this episode has no purpose that's what I mean. I think that's what I'm saying about it. I think that qualifies. I, I, my gut says yes, and that's what I usually go by. Like, and what I just outlined, it's, I think you don't have to change this that much, honestly. But I think it doesn't make it, it does not fit together. It feels like if you try to drive this car down the road, it would rattle itself apart. It feels like the tires aren't bolted on. Yeah. Or the tires are different sizes. Or what, you know, I think some, it, like the parts don't fit. Man, it's like you bought a Lego kit. And you got pieces from 45 different sets in there, and the instructions tell you to put them together, and you're like, this is not right. This, this, I, I wanted the Millennium Falcon. I didn't want Millennium Falcon uh, and uh, Harry Potter and the Simpsons. I wanted just one. Um, 
But I mean, what I was saying, I think it's it's not that hard to fix. Like you can easily do a story about revenge, uh, but you don't make it about Homer wanting. Don't make Homer about r- road rage. You know, make it a make it a grudge, and and make it something that make it here. Treat it like make it's it Homer re- versus Flanders. Sure, treat it like it's real. That's the other thing. There's I, there's no stakes to this because I don't care about Homer's road rage. If it was some stakes to something that I actually cared about that affected Homer, therefore affected me, like a lot of this is also buried in fact. Like I don't care about Homer at all in season eighteen. He's not a person. He is a cartoon character. He's Captain Lackey. He's Poochie. Like you have to make him real. You have to ground it, ground it so that. There's life or death situations at stake here. That's what we're playing with. When you bring in vengeance, when you bring in revenge, it's like heavy, bloody, dirty themes here. And then you make it silly and wacky. You're not going to work. It's not going to work. Not going to work. But I, I don't. You can just like just treat it seriously. Like I, and that's frankly like that's a, the fix for a lot of episodes. It's just like treat them yeah. seriously. It feels like. It feels like this is stuff like they were at, like the writing staff was at a bar. They wrote this stuff on a cocktail napkin and they just kind of transcribed it later. And that was good enough. It's probably not what actually happened, but that's what it feels like. And that's very bad. Oh, boy. Um, We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments to News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments News Group is where I ask our patrons what they thought of an episode. Uh, mixed on this one, Matt? Mixed. I'm surprised. It's not just all horrible. Mm, I I mean, I it, there are I laughed. I, I admit I laughed at this episode. I did not laugh in our last episode. It adds that laughter affects a little bit. I do think like the Count of Monte Fatso is okay, I think. Besides the name. Besides the name, I'm Matt, if we're going to start picking apart things because they're named poorly that's just i just might as well just throw the rest of the simpsons episodes in a bin in the trash can just throw them away right now because their names are all almost all terrible uniformly um revenge is a dish best served three times that's what that's what the name of this episode is you're like okay guys that's Mm -hmm. the best you could do okay uh first from casey i always look back fondly at this episode as i think the idea of the triad episodes that aren't treehouse can be unique this one just slightly misses the mark though at least always relegated to the weak middle segment Poorly aged jokes about trans people, and Barton the nail in the head with the fact that any of these could be seen as a candidate for a trios segment. Count of Monte Cristo was definitely the strongest, the one I still find myself referencing today. Love Marge's line about the Bastille. However, this episode is saved by its ending. I think it was seen as a season 18 episode. You can pair Rich Tex with anyone, it's delightful. My favorite moment from the entire season will always be Homer and Rich Tex sitting on the hood of the car. Quote this with my sister whenever one of us says something so dumb it leaves the other speechless. They added the bonus of the Star Wars credits. We did not mention there are Star Wars credits. Uh, they in memoriam for all the dead people all the dead characters in star wars um star wars credits always make my mom crack up too i think we could fix it make it better but for the love of everything please don't erase the ending it's too much too dear for me uh okay see um i'm not saying you couldn't use rich texan the ending or can't have rich texan i love rich texan he's funny but if we fix it i don't think rich texan would be in there we, no there's no point we would I, the flanders i think i would have flanders uh from tim at least with the trilogy episodes, we typically get a new concept each time. In this case, short remakes of three very different films. The French one, meh, it's another if Homer isn't on the screen, I'll must ask where Homer or is Homer effort 
My favorite would be Revenge of the Geeks. A rare instance of this era spending a few minutes primarily away from the Simpsons family. In this case, Milhouse reminds us why that might not happen very often. Someone ambivalent about the Batman parody, other than to say the Star Wars tribute either was a bad idea to begin with or one that has aged poorly. I vote for both. Projection rank three number 311. Uh, from JJ, Revenge is a dish best served bland. Uh, I see what you did there. Uh, I think if you look up filler in the dictionary, you'd find a screenshot from this episode. There are worse ways to kill 20 minutes, and I didn't hate it. There's nothing special or remarkable about it at all. It just exists. The wettest stories ever told was at least funny. This one's very light on humor, consisting mostly of just mildly amusing one-liners. Those doorways probably the closest I came to a laugh. Still, it doesn't actively damage the show like the last two episodes. So that's something, I guess. Yeah. That is true. Uh... From Aaron, finally an episode that is a worthy contender to take over the worst episode ever title. See, look, look at this variety, Matt. Got some people who almost like it, and then Aaron, worst oh episode ever. Uh, he continues, now granted, I thought the same thing about the Manatee and Amnesia episodes. This one has it all. A dumb trilogy concept with an equally dumb framing device, lack of a single laugh, seriously, not a single one. Stead sequences with supporting character nobody cares about, and most egregiously, an extended and offensive anti-trans joke that seems to exist just to push an envelope that even Family Guy at its worst would never touch. My only solace in all of this is the knowledge that it will soon get better. I really like the 24 and the de Departed parodies that are coming up soon. Later on, season 23 has at least five or six near-rate episodes. This one is so awful, I honestly have no idea how they ever recovered. No one paid attention. That's what... That's what happens. There's no one cares. There's just, just this moment of... have the same ratings for years on end with very little flickering so the advertisers are like sure why not whatever we don't care it's more simpsons right it's the same um from Derek. oh dearest god another one apparently two of these coma inducing snooze fests last season wasn't enough only for this one they've upped the irritation factor to the nth degree i hate everything about this even the frame device is aggravating with an obnoxious homer and meta jokes that don't work again i say this every time about these episodes but what is the point of them who are they for? Who actually enjoys these? Disposable rubbish that puts you to sleep, but if you try to pay attention, it feels like you're getting repeatedly stabbed by its sheer terribleness. I mean, sleep aids? You put it on while you're trying to get to bed. Yeah, but then you'll just not pay attention to it and think about other things. Isn't that what, okay, isn't that what you're trying to do with sleep aids? I feel like it's just to lull you. So... Maybe. Uh, from Mark. The only, thing the only thing that episode is missing is Vendetta! Vendetta! <laughs> made me laugh benjamin amazed to keep finding loose threads to tie these three partners together nothing very exciting in any of these i think i prefer the barman origin one for its period setting and goofy villains not including not including not including poison lenny because yikes overall this was nothing yeah. special and nothing anyone else couldn't do just as well if not better uh from hoffa i like this one a lot i'm a big fan of the high concept episodes and all three segments had points where i laughed at this point i'll take it lowered expectations man that's the that's, that's yeah the, that's true yeah you just don't expect nothing and you'll be happy uh from lauren i wonder if each week they try to outdo each other with offensive jokes and boring episodes so burns sexually assaulted homer and millhouse straight up murders willie this is this episode supposed to be funny why i think the shock level would be at eight nothing about this is good <laughs> and finally matt and finally mr simpson's writer is back Oh no. His answer, his review, always loved writing these episodes. The segments are so short, nobody cares if they're bad. Can't wait to hear your positive reviews. That made me laugh. It's a good bit. Oh, Mr. Simpson's writer. That's a, hey, Mr. Simpson's writer. It's a good bit. Uh, you're right. 
They are nobody cares if they're bad except for us, I guess. Yep. Uh, these are uh, the, thank you guys for your views. They make me laugh every week after watching a terrible episode. So I really appreciate you, who everyone who takes the time to, to leave them, um, and, and are relatively well thought out and succinct. Uh, you can join the this cavalcade of calamitous prayer and pain by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, any level of supporter can leave a review. Our next segment is time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week, what's your favorite childhood vacation? A lot of great answers. I really, I, I, I really, there's a lot of, a lot of great answers to this one. A lot of, like, a, kind of just feel the nostalgia dripping off of them. It's kind of, it was very nice mm-hmm. reading them throughout the week. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Andy, uh, going to the Boundary Waters Canoe Area Wilderness with my dad. From sixth grade until going off to college, we'd go every summer. A week of paddling in a canoe, fishing, reading books, and relaxing. Going to an area surrounded by nature, no electronics, only the noise of the outdoors was peaceful, relaxing, and fun. Whew, no electronics. No thank you. Sorry. Just no. <laughs> uh, from Alex, cliche answer, but Disneyland. I apparently went there when I was three or less, but don't recall. However, when I went again as a fifth grader, it was magical and memorable. Uh, from Lauren, Disney World when I was nine, and that's the quick answer, so Matt can stop here if he would like to. <laughs> don't you dare stop. I will not stop, Lauren. Don't worry. No, that's uh, that's during that, this... I, Matt. I I added the don't you dare stop. Matt. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, during this trip, I had tamed my favorite stuffed animal, which is a deer that I named Bambi. I still have it, and it's traveled with me everywhere. Also, my father almost got us banned from Norway and Epcot. My brothers went to the bathroom with my father, and when they returned, they said we had to leave Norway immediately. My mother asked my father what he did, and he was laughing hard. It took him a while to answer. Apparently, he went to the bathroom, and it smelled so bad, they called in the hazmat people. My father still finds it hysterical, and we still talk about it to this day. Whew. That's something my dad would also be proud of. Apparently, it's a dad thing. (laughs) That's incredibly such a dad thing. Right all right from tim i was lucky enough that my parents chose to diversify our vacation experiences which i think has contributed for my love of diversity pat's self on back that being said my favorite would have to be macarthur Bernie falls memorial state park not too far from mount shasta in northern california there i would swim fish eat marshmallows and just enjoy being a kid learn the valuable lesson that one can have a good time without spending too much money uh from derek i have a holiday house in a place called uh, Galf Gidor. It says whole thing is it, Gidor. It says Gidor right there. That's he, 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 I know, but I wasn't sure if that was the last word or both. <laughs> How does that be <laughs> Irish? Anyway, I've been going since I was very, very young, and is my favorite place on earth. The nostalgia I feel for it never wanes. It's Ireland at its most pure, with the most arresting scenery. It's also a <laughs> Gale talk region, with me, which means Irish is spoken as the primary language. I would go monthly, but COVID put a stop to that for a while, so I'm happy I'm now able to start going again when I please. Last month, I was on my morning run along the beach and just thinking, I really don't want to be anywhere else. I mean, not that Belfast isn't great, but you know, sometimes it's nice to go for a run and not wonder if you'd be murdered for wearing a pair of Irish Gaelic football shorts. We all have that worry. I Yes, very uh, relatable. Uh-huh. Uh, from at Fort ATX, my grandparents would take my cousins and I to Corpus Christi, Texas every summer. Even if the Texas coast is not great, I always enjoyed going to the beach with them. Uh, from at Energy Turtle, we went to Yosemite once when I was about 10. We stayed in a tent cabin that had designated quiet times. My family has always been early risers, so we were all up around 7 a.m. talking in a normal volume. Some guy knocked on our door and told us to pipe down. It was probably the first and only time my family got in trouble for being too rowdy. It was a great time. Ah, uh, yes, the too rowdy times. 
from at that JD one. No joke. One year went to Knoxville. Would, wouldn't let us inside the sun sphere. Oh, losers. Oh, how do they dare? They not how let dare you they? in there. All right. Uh, from at hippie 200. Definitely. When my brother took uh, me to the, Moomin World. The Moomins are a huge deal here in Finland, and it was amazing to see their world live as a kid. One of my favorite memories was from my brother. Uh, I know, I know, Camp. I know you love the Moomins. Matt. You're a big Moomin fan. I, I sh- yeah, huge fan of the Moomins. <laughs> uh, from at Tony Cam Twelve, road trip through the Southwest. I live in California, so we went to Vegas for my 13th birthday and saw George Carlin. Whoa, that is that is a good birthday for thirteen. a good activity for thirteen. I was gonna say they let uh, you uh, get to see George Carlin when you're thirteen. That's pretty awesome, right? All right. Uh, see, then we went through Grand Arizona, Grand Canyon, etc., and New Mexico. Did Carlsbad Caverns and Roswell? I was obsessed with aliens plus random roadside stuff. That sounds pretty dang great. Jeez. Uh, from at Wastecast, our family trip to San Diego, we were kids, was probably the best. Granted, all I wanted was to ride the Jurassic Park ride when we went to Universal Studios, and it was broken all day. Though we managed to hop on the new Mummy ride that year four times in a row. We also went deep sea fishing, Dad's idea. Of course, he got very seasick and missed all four hours of fishing, leaving Mom and I to basically do all of it. Neither of us being fishers at all. My brother barely managed to stick with it because he got sick too. What a week. Dang, that looks awesome. <laughs> All right, from Brian J. Field. Uh, my family went to Mackinac Island one, uh, one year in Lake Huron. Uh, I think it's going to say Mackinac, sorry. Uh, no cars allowed on the island, and it was a magical experience. Highly recommend. Uh, from Matt Tyler. Okay, one, Lake Placid. Specifically, when my dad promised me I could get the 10 scoop Betty Poop ice cream special from Mel's Diner if I completed a 10 mile hike up Whiteface Mountain. Both nearly killed me, but the memory remains. Now that sounds incredible, doing one and then the other. It is Mackinac Island. Mackinac is a different place altogether, Matt. Oh, okay. They, someone named Mackinac and Mackinac and did not consult with each other. Ah, no one ever consulted anyone. Jeez. Nope. Robbie, what is your response? My answer? Um, I think when I think of my childhood vacations, and I think of like I went to the beach a lot because I lived in Florida. Um, and those are always fun. You know, obviously when you go into your beautiful beach with your family, it's always great. But um, I think my actual answer would be uh, when we went to South Jersey uh, to visit my my mother's family. They almost all, the vast majority of them all live in South Jersey, Philly, Philadelphia area. Um, and we always stayed with my grandma. My grandma lived, it lived in a A-frame house uh, nestled in woods, running at, like with a path running back to uh, a river. And... I don't think at the time I understood how cool her house was and how neat it like the place was like nowadays that, you know, when she passed, we sold out, we sold her house. Um, and now it's a, like a vacation destination. Like people, they rent it out for an extraordinary amount of money per night. And I think I didn't really, realize how cool it was when i was a kid i just knew it was grandma's house and it's weird it's shaped weird you have to climb a ladder to get up to the to your bedroom uh but being in that in that area with my grandma and all my my cousins and my aunt and i like if i could go back and relive any of them that's what i would choose i get to see my grandma again i you know get to spend time there and real it kind of really take in how special that was 
which I don't think I recognized at the time. I thought it was just, oh, we're just going to this. Like, I thought it was normal. I'm like, everyone's grandma has this weird A-frame house nestled in the woods like it's a freaking fairy tale. No, that's not. <laughs> that's not true at all, you dumb kid. Um, Matt, what is your answer? Honestly, we didn't really take that many vacations. Um, I mean, uh, the best one I remember that's kind of childhood, uh, as I believe my freshman or sophomore year in high school uh, if that still counts, uh, I got to go to London to march in the New Year's Day parade with the marching band, and that's that's the most memorable vacation I can think of. Everything beyond that was either a day trip to Disney or to the beach. So that's the one I'm going with. I mean, beach trips, beach trip, beach trips, and Disney both count, man. They do, but we did many of both. Well, not that many Disney trips, uh, but quite a few beach trips. So none of them really particularly stick out. I love the beach. Beach is great. I miss the beach so much. Living in Texas this is the yeah. thing I miss. Publix and the beach. That's what I miss about Florida. I don't miss Matt. Who cares about him? Um, that's true. The beach and uh, Publix. Man, I, man, Matt. I'm gonna tell this. Mm-hmm. Any any other Florida listeners might be able to understand this. Publix people who shop at a Publix. I really I went to the, I went to the grocery store the other day. H E B Texas grocery store. Great, great grocery store. Don't get me wrong. I wanted an apple fritter. I wanted a Publix apple fritter, Matt, and not not an option. And then Ooh, I, I just got, sorry, I, got I got kind of bummed out. I was just like, man, that's I just want a single apple fritter. They don't, they're just not there. They aren't, unfortunately. <sighs> I mean, I mean, there people sell apple fritters in Texas. So I just have to go to a donut shop. I just didn't. Want, I wanted it at the grocery store. That's that's uh, thinking about nostalgia. Um, next week's question. Uh, speaking of Count of Monte Cristo. What novel should The Simpsons do a parody of? Ooh, that's going to be a tough one. Book. I want a book. All right. All you readers out there, I need you. I need you to answer for me. All right. What novel should The Simpsons do a parody of? I'll post this on our social media, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod. You can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. And it's on our Patreon again. Simpson Show. The p- Patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. I've already said it three times. I'll say it a fourth time. Uh, we can move on, Matt, to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenges are Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. Matt has a three-point lead on me this on this season, which I don't really appreciate. I, he needs to, like, stop that. Mm-hmm. Also, in the meantime, I have looked up Moomins, and I know what the Moomins are. I just didn't realize that's what they're called. What are Moomins? Uh, go to Moomin.com, Matt, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, fine. I, it will take you less time for you to go there than me to actually send you a link. Um, but it's uh, they're cartoon characters that I go, oh, those guys. I've seen them before. Um, probably a lot of listeners have noticed, have recognized them online in different places. Um, Matt, are you ready for an easy question? I am ready, sir. Um, these are all from Lisa's rival. Speaking of revenge... Lisa becomes jealous of what new student in Lisa's rival? Uh, oh, yeah. uh, you distract me with movements. Now that's all I want. Um, <laughs> from, uh, oh, God. Uh, what's her name? Ooh. All right. Yeah, you're going to make, I'm going to make you wait for this one. It is. Uh, I know you know this, Matt. Come on. I know, but it's not coming to me. Lisa's rival? Yeah, I know. I bet my Wookiee. I know the episode extremely well, but for some reason... Beating of a, of a terrible heart? The hideous heart, yes. Well aware. Um, <laughs> I'm just taunting you. Come on, Matt. Come on, buddy. Oh, God. No, it's the easy one. I can't miss the easy one. What is her stupid name? 
<laughs> oh, I'm sorry for those of you shouting into your phones. Um, need an answer, Matt. I know, I know. Uh, you don't even need a last name. I just need your first name. That's it. I'm, all I want is a first name. Just a first name? Just okay. a first name. Um, Allison. Allison. I'm just going to go with Allison. <laughs> Not gonna fetch you. You're like, uh, eh, uh. I'm not gonna get it wrong by saying the last, the wrong last name. Once you tell me I'm right, then I will tell you what I think her last name is. It is Allison. You're correct. It's Allison Taylor, right? Yes. Okay. Whew, I, I don't know, know why. I, I, I would it, never. It took me trying to recall what Mr. Largo says to Lisa when she wakes up from fainting. <laughs> She's like, "No, Allison won first. You were getting consciousness." Wow. Who's, All right, here, your here, questions. Here, Matt, I got a, a bonus question that gets you no additional points. Who voices Allison? Uh, it's Winona Ryder, right? York, what? How? What did you just say? Winona Ryder? Winona? Yes. I mean, you're you're right, but Winona. I think Winona is the... I have never heard it pronounced Winona. 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 <laughs> Give me an easy question, Matt. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we going to... Come on, Matt. Winona. Winona? Who says Winona? It's W-I. No one says Y. Well, it's not oh, W-I. I'm thinking of somebody else. Yes, uh, you're right. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of a country star that I've heard said too many times. Anyway. <laughs> moving well, along. What's also, easy... I've never seen the Moomins. Uh, your easy question. Really? You've never what seen... What never... is everyone addicted to in Sweets and Sour Marge? Oh, that would be sugar. You are correct. Are you really... Is it Sweets and Sour Marge? That's what I get? That's what you get. Uh, you. Yeah, it does. Your meme question, Matt. What is Ralph's cat's name? Uh, I believe it is like this. Mittens. Why would you? What's wrong with you? What do you mean? Is that right? <laughs> yes, that's right. Why? How would you just okay. can summon that? So you, don't, you wouldn't remember Allison's like name, but you remember Mittens? Uh-huh. Just like that, you're like, oh, I don't remember the girl's name. She's just an incredibly important character. Uh, Ralph's I name. I know. Ralph's cat say mittens. It's a mittens. Hey, Robbie, it's a mittens. His breast smells like cat food. Thank you. Thank you, man. I really appreciate that. What's my meme question? All right, your meme question. Who is the most overrated saint? Really? Yeah. What? Are you kidding me? This it pops into my head at least once a week. You're a weirdo, man. I can't. I cannot emphasize Sergeant Fatso Judson. How can I? Can I not emphasize enough how much of a crazy person you are? Um, the most overrated saint is saint aquinas it's francis of assisi okay great everyone's favorite i i can't uh-huh. they really like the horrible way that they're like francis of assisi no matt i never think of sweets and sour marge i never think of it ever no There's, I, it does not occupy any amount of my brain space i'm afraid of, right, i'm afraid now matt i'm afraid i'm afraid you know my hard question i don't oh, like no. it. i don't like it okay your hard question what romance book do we see Marge reading? I believe it is Love in the Time of Scurvy. I, I, I quit. I'm, I give up. This is it. I'm done. <laughs> I give up. All right. This is, I, it's, I think it's time. We need to bring in Andrew. This is too late. I need, I can't. This is, I need, the problem is he'll just give you a bigger lead. Probably. Yes, it's Love in the Time of Scurvy. I give up. I'm never asking you questions again. You're just getting three hard questions, and they're all worth zero points from now on. You don't get Aww, any. Nerf. Are you ready for your no, medium I'm... or your hard question? No, I'm not ready. I couldn't even get medium question right. Okay. Uh, what two things in the quickie mart does Apu say come from Mother Loving Sugar Corporation? One of them is very obvious, and one of them is a joke about how there could be no sugar in it. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, potato chips and milk. I'm sorry. It is the honey glazed cauliflower to the choco blasted baby aspirin. Great. Fantastic. Matt has now a eight point lead on me. Eight points, Matt. Give eight points on me. What is this? What is this nonsense? Sorry, Robbie. This you had is... to ask about love in the time of scurvy. I. It's literally on screen for like six seconds. I know. I don't know why I know it. I hate you. Just well aware. Just full on hatred. You've never seen the Moomins ever. No, it doesn't look familiar to me at all. Really, you don't recognize that little whatever the hell that llama thing is or a cow? Nope. Okay, fair enough. I've seen that cow before. Um, we can move on. I'm losing. It's fine. Uh, to so our last segment, segment we end every single episode. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically, so watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever, and how good they are. So this is bad. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty bad. Um, I laughed at it twice. I did. I don't know about. I don't. I can't speak for Matt. Um, it's not. It, but it 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 has a really bad transphobic joke in it. I think that's a that's a big strike in it um it doesn't make any sense makes more sense than some of these episodes down here than near the bottom of, i'm looking near the bottom of the list to be very clear uh that seems to be where it's, this belongs it's absolutely it's just, it's so boring it's also boring uh it's absolutely in the 300s somewhere oh for sure i mean I, i'm looking down in the like the 340 plus somewhere in there yeah i'm I, well okay so kill gill is this better or worse than kill gill we just watched it Mm, that's a tough one. i'm gonna say it's worse really you think it's worse than kill Gil? grumples you think this is worse than the grumples mm-hmm. my I problem with matt, kill Gil is that this it was is boring be- this is better than kill Gil, matt <sighs> okay fine but it's not better than million dollar ab i mean that i'm i'm putting a lot of like i'm thinking like the the count of monte fatso alone i think it is i would put count of monte fatso relatively high compared to some of this stuff the problem is that the other two just drag it down oh yeah and that's what i'm trying to figure out like how does that balance out i think kill gill is just dumb the entire way through there's nothing redeeming in kill gill uh kiss kiss bang bang lore same thing almost nothing redeeming million dollar ab mobile home or monkey suit i think it's in that area i think it's in here balance out the average um what is what's that sign Matt? what are you sign about I didn't even think the count of Monty Fatso was that good, quite frankly. I mean, the ending was just stupid as all get out. That stupid contraption. Ugh. You haven't read Count of Monte Cristo, Matt. You don't have affection. I have affection for the story. Okay, so mm-hmm. it's gonna it's gonna elevate a little bit. I laughed. You didn't. I laughed a couple times. I thought the rat the rat helmet was funny. I thought Lisa saying "quah" was funny. So okay, it's gonna elevate it a little bit for me. Um. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying it's better than the other two. It also is like it doesn't matter how Mo dies. Who cares? It 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 actually it it delivers on what the theme of this episode is about, which is revenge. Right. Theoretically, the other two don't really. They're not really the the the, the bully thing. Not even close. The bully thing is terrible. Um, yeah. The and the Bartman story is okay, but it's sunk down by that awful joke. Um, and also the weird time period thing. I don't know what's going on. Is it just like, who cares what time period is? Just like Batman 89 was? Maybe. I don't know. It's really bugging me. Um, 
But I didn't laugh at those stuff. I laugh at Count of Monte, Count of Monte Cristo twice. I thought, I don't know. I think there's something there. Um, I don't know, Million Dollar Abby's not great either. You didn't laugh at all of this episode, Matt? Not a single time. This this might be like the fifth time I've searched Million Dollar Abby to remind myself what the hell the episode really is about. <laughs> oh, oh God, that's the the football team to stadium to die pod oh this is better than that Matt. oh no it's not look what happens in this episode nothing not a damn thing yeah but there oh are you telling me that things happen in million dollar ab something happens grandpa is about to die and then doesn't yeah it's the know? stupidest it's the worst thing i've ever seen what happens in the middle story of this episode robbie bullies uh get their comeuppance uh-huh. and we learn that and, and what, power what, what do corrupts. they use what, what, what are the nerds we do learn to, that to, power to... Corru- there's an ending matt and guess what that story is only five minutes long but it has an ending that makes sense it's not a good story but it makes sense there is nothing in million dollar review that makes any god freaking sense grandpa becomes a matador million dollar ab matt are you telling me that's uh-huh. better than this Better is a strong word. I don't care. <laughs> These are both terrible episodes. Why are we arguing about this? Because it's fun. Ugh. I just, I think, I, 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 here, I would say that they are both very terrible episodes, but I think the highs of this, the Count, Count, Count of Monte Cristo, bring it, they elevate the episode at, to get it above some of these dreads. Cristo love. I'm sorry that you're not well educated, Matt, Mr. Engineer. I'm sorry you're busy too busy studying about LEDs. I have read other Dumas. I just haven't read this particular one. Sorry, Mr. Writer. <laughs> Dumas. Dumas is the correct way to say it, unless you're unless you you go to the Shawshank Redemption school. That's what I said. <laughs> Excuse me. Dumass. That's what they say. Yes. They say that in Shawshank Redemption. Um, how much Count Monte Cristo is very good. Also, it has a delicious sandwich named after it. Well, that's true. Can't deny that. For a fried. Take anyway, a, a... pick where you want this to go. I don't care anymore. Oh, come on, Matt. Um, ice uh, here, Matt. We literally just watched this. I've already forgot. Ice cream of Margie with light blue hair. What is that? Which one was that again? You literally just watched it, and I can't remember. Um. I, we literally just watched it. Um, oh, ice cream. Homer ice cream truck. Okay. No, oh, uh, And pop, popsicle sip sculpture. This is better than that. Uh, um, ice cream. I, okay, here. This is where I would put this, man. I would put it right above ice cream of RG. Right below Homer and Ned's Hail Mary Pass. That's where I would place it. I think, I think this is... <sighs> properly weighted and balanced this would be right yeah there. as long as long as it's not higher than mommy beers that's fine <laughs> what do you have some affection for mommy beerist no but i want to make sure that we know that this episode is still worse than that okay fair enough that's right i this is i think it matters i think it, it, it is i think there is a, a value in uh its placement that we have to this is scientific scientific no no not no. at all no science no science no there is absolutely no, no science we're there's we, we apply a lot of variables to this see what happens to the episode see how it bounces and you know do a lot of tests there's a lot of testing behind the scenes people don't see 
right? Sure, Robbie. Sure. That's a Revenge is a Dish Best Served Three Times, the new number 340 on our list right below. Homer Ned's Hail Mary Pass right above Ice Cream on Margie with the light blue hair. First place is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. It's holding strong last place. I don't know if we'll ever beat it. Uh, our next episode, Matt, is... I just looked at this, too. What is it? Uh, Little Big Girl. What? Little Big Girl. I have no idea what that is. A wildfire around Springfield. Bart gets a girlfriend. Darcy. Played by Natalie Darcy. Port- played by Natalie Portman. Okay. In North Haberbrook. They get, try to get married? Or she's a Mormon or something? Who the hell even? I don't know. She thinks Bart is much older. She's 15. I don't like any of this, Matt. I don't like oh, whatever. Th- oh, this is going No, 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 no. This is going to be bad. Yeah, I don't like this. Bart, Bart, yeah, Bart. She thinks Bart's older than he is. And so they're going to get married or something. I have no idea what's happening. That's next week. Um, We're almost done. But before we go, we have one thing to do matt one question to answer is is is, that question is do we shoot this episode out of the cannon like yeah of course we do like what there's nothing like why why why, would we bother why do i need to like yeah i like them i think i'm like i i appreciate the count of monte cristo parody more than anything else in this episode but it's not worth not keeping the episode around for oh no Fire the cannon. <laughs> goodbye. Bye-bye. Say goodbye, Matt. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Um, that'll do it. For, uh... Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're not done, Matt. We're not done. How could you let me almost leave? Because I don't want to think about this episode anymore. Well, we don't have to think about this episode anymore. What we actually have to do is we have to... Th- to oh, think about a better episode. A better that's, episode. That's a great right? idea. Yeah, Let's go to that. the top of the list, working our way down, answering the same question if we keep considering an episode part of the can or not. And we're at number 70 on our list, which is I love Lisa. What a great Obviously, idea. yes. Yes, yeah, so I, hard. It's so, yeah, of One course. of the best Lisa episodes ever. Wow. Best Lisa episodes ever. One of the less best. Okay. I mean, it is the Ralph episode. That's how I would describe it. Not before I describe it as a Lisa episode, I would describe it as a. I mean, it is a Lisa episode. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I choose you, yeah. choose you. Oh, it's lovely. Well, I mean, it's the best Ralph episode, but it's one also one of the best Lisa episodes. Yeah, you can, and it has, has also has the terrific meme of you can pinpoint the exact moment his <laughs> he, he ripped out his heart. Um. Just lovely. Of course, yes, it's part of the canon. It's a great episode. Uh, great Ralph stuff in it. Great Lisa stuff in it. Absolutely worth keeping as part of the canon. Now, Matt. Now, Matt, we can wrap up and say that'll do it for this week's episode. Um, the, this list and everything we do, everything on the show about the show is on our website. Show.com has links to everything. Our Twitter, our SSC, link to our Patreon. If you want to help us out, help us support the show and, and get a bunch of bonus stuff to, alongside it, you can support us there. You can find me online at my, uh, let's see, on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. My website is also my name, RobbieDorman.com. Has links to all the things I do, including my other podcasts, and to, uh, links to purchase my horror novels, my newest novel called Death Rattle. It's about a small town Texan defending his town from greedy horrible vampires uh it's a great book you should go check it out 
Uh, also, plug the fact that I will be at the Horror for the Holidays uh, Bazaar Thanksgiving weekend here in Austin, the Palmer Event Center. Tickets are 10 bucks. Uh, I'm going to be selling books. Uh, you should come say hello to me and buy my books. You can really just say hello. You don't really need to buy my books if you don't really want to. I won't force you. Uh, if you mention the podcast or any of my podcasts, uh, I'll give you a 10% discount on anything you buy. If any Austin natives are going to be in town for Thanksgiving and want to get some shopping done at the Heart for the Holidays Bazaar, I encourage you to come. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all my time, which I will be doing as soon as Robbie will let me get out of this place, uh, feeding kittens and cleaning up after kittens and cuddling kittens and doing all the things that they require. Uh, you can see said kittens at Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, they're the cutest little kittens ever, especially with their little ties. Matt, you did not even mention the most important fact about them. That they're available for adoption in like a month? No, well, come on. Whatever, who cares about that? They're named after <laughs> monster trucks, Matt. Well, that's just normal around here, Robbie. The people at home aren't ingratiated to your you and your wife's insanity, all right? They're named after monster trucks. One of them kittens is called Gravedigger. It's the best thing on earth. Follow kitten turds <laughs> on Instagram. All right, you got to do the hard sell, Matt. That's what people. You got to be the That's sexiness. Fair. That's Gravedigger. I was cuddling little Avenger and Devastator. And, oh, sorry, Avenger and uh, Megalodon earlier. There you go. Uh, Look, I've got, I've got that... Devastator and Gravedigger in a little playpen behind me as I speak. Little Tater, as we call him. Gravedigger. If I was there, you guys would watch out. Gravedigger might be coming home with me. Um, that's fine. Nah, <laughs> I'll bring you grave digger. You're gonna okay. Driving awesome. Um, we're not accepting any new pets right now, unfortunately. Oh. I know. Um, I mean, to be fair, like if a cat wandered in our doorstep and we took him in, <laughs> uh, we're, what we're, would your wife do? We're both big saps. We can't. We wouldn't be able to t- say no. Um, grave digger guys, go follow kitten turns on Instagram. It's great. Um, that'll do it for us today. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Thank you for watching this episode. Shh.